Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I'm joined by three friends. First, Matt Gatos. Hello. Tuna. Yo. And Sarah Suda. Hi. And of course, today we are here gathered to talk about the episode nine teaser trailer. So we're going to probably, it's probably going to be a long one. Why is it on this podcast, Nick? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, a good it's, thing. it's a real good episode. Oh, um, there you go. And so. It's bad that it's so short. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would prefer it. two hours long. <laughs> um, yeah. It's great. Anyway, yeah. moving on. The bonus uh, real good for this episode. Go watch the episode nine trailer. Again and again mm. and again. It looks so good. Uh, so we are diving back into the Hellraiser um, oeuvre, I guess. I think sure. oeuvre has to do with a person. <laughs> That's but... very generous, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it sound oh so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. And it was directed by Anthony Hickox and came out in 1992, two years before The Crow, which I feel is interesting because... There are a lot of similarities, like visually, between yeah. the two and like where things happen yeah. uh, and everything. But uh, that's where it stops. Like, yeah. not quality, but. <laughs> yeah, or right. plot. Or plot, no. <laughs> um, there's a club. And, yeah. and it's yeah. very 90s. Yeah. So, and it's New York, not Detroit. Yeah, I, it's funny because I didn't remember it was in New York until Matt told me it was in New York, and I was like, "Really? Well, there's really just, there's a shot of the two twin towers of the twin towers and the, like the Brooklyn Bridge, and then I don't know that they ever mentioned it again." Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. like I remember you guys having this conversation earlier in the week, and I yeah. still forgot until just now I mean, that it took place in New York. Yeah, the size so. of her apartment makes me think it's not New York. <laughs> yeah, she's living in a friend's apartment. Reality. Yeah. She's living. She has a condo. Yeah. yeah. In New York, mm-hmm. with an amazing view, yeah, with what on seems like a maybe reporter's like reporter's salary, well, like, and a, also and a reporter like, who hasn't made it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yet. she's done a few stories that seem to be like uh, yeah. puff pieces. No, you're, yeah, yeah. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> she should have four roommates. Yeah, she should. <laughs> well, before we get too far ahead of ourselves here, Sarah, you are going to do our sixty-second plot. Ah, uh, heck! Thank you. I thought I was going to have to do it again. I'm so relieved because like, you know I just what? Matt has to do all eight <laughs> <Yeah>. of these. <laughs> Buckle up. Just because. Yeah. yeah. No, I want to try to pass it around and give yeah, everybody a little sure. bit of the misery. Today's but the least oh prepared boy. I've ever been for a plot dump. So. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know what's <laughs> weird, though? Like, I, uh-huh. you know, spoiler alert, I kind of enjoyed this movie in, a, in sure. a few ways. I can't remember. Sitting here right now, I'm having trouble remembering most of it. That's exactly Uh-oh. how I feel. Uh-oh. So this ought to be an interesting conversation. Right. But I have yeah. a lot of overtonal things that we'll talk sure. about. But anyway. Sure. Okay, Sarah, are you ready? Hope so. Okay. Uh, 60 second plot dump for Harold Hel- 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 Razor. Oh. Hail the Ramus. Hell on Earth. <laughs> three. Right. Uh, in three, two, one. Uh, a dude buys the tower from the end of the last movie. A later reporter sees a guy destroyed at the hospital, probably Hellraiser related. She goes to the, a club to find this girl that she had seen at the hospital destruction. Uh, she and that girl go back to her apartment and maybe become a couple. And uh, then uh, the cu- she has the cube, which she got from the dude who was destroyed. It came out of the tower. Uh, we find out the club owner is sleeping with every 
everyone. He feeds a girl to the tower. Pinhead wakes up and is like, be my Frank. And he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then I... Uh, girl freaks out because the reporter has some ambition and wanted to apply for a job and so she goes to the club owner and then he tries to feed her to the tower but she feeds him to the tower and she thinks Pinhead is cool. Pinhead decides to kill everybody because now he can come out of the tower. Uh, Doug Bradley and the reporter lady are dream friends. Uh, She has to get Pinhead to a window. Etc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I mean, you could have just said that like three words in, and probably and etc. Yeah, <laughs> I forget the Doug Bradley stuff. That completely yeah. escaped my mind until you brought it back up. Yeah, I mean, that's like it's so important. The thing that I, that's like my big thing that I just like about this movie. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, just to the the last little part. Which doesn't really matter. It matters only in that it leads directly into this, the next movie. Oh, okay. Is that she... Def- so Terry Farrell, an actor I really like, uh, is the lead in this movie. She uh, figures out the box somehow and zaps all of the, the new Cenobites, which we'll talk about because Matt yeah, loves them all dearly. Yeah. <laughs> They're my babies. <laughs> and, uh, I, but then that didn't work. And they don't get zapped back into hell or into the box or however it works. And then she's in her dream and Pinhead pretends to be her dead father. But then there's this weird quick showdown between Pinhead and Doug Bradley, who plays Pinhead. I don't know. Elliot something. Spencer? Elliot Spencer? Spencer Okay. I was going to say, like, I totally thought Doug Bradley was the actor's name. Like, I don't remember them saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just now realizing, like, oh, okay, okay. No. I was like, man, I I was mistaken. I very rarely remember people's names in movies. (laughs) It's just, like, reporter, girl from club, Doug Mm. Bradley, Pinhead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there because. And in these kind of movies, especially where it's like. Don't get too attached. Well, yeah. yeah. I feel like <laughs> the movies where I remember characters' names are generally like really well put together movies where they make sure that you right. somehow remember the yeah, character's name totally. without being yeah. told like, hey, remember the character's name. Or the movie we watched where the, maybe it was an earlier Hellraiser where they just shouted each other's names at each other the whole movie. <laughs> I think that was like Hellraiser 2 maybe they did that a lot. I think they did. You're just remembering sweet, sweet Kyle. <laughs> no, like I, oh, no. the the other girl in the, the she's in shouting asylum. at the mute girl. Yeah, well, yeah. she's not really mute though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she shouts her name at her like a ton of times, and yeah, I right. still don't remember. Yeah. It. But we're not it's, talking about Hellraiser yeah. too. No. So the yeah, end, but the enough. end, mm. she takes the cube. And she puts it into some cement that hasn't set yet, yep. which is yep. really weird. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it becomes the cornerstone of a whole Cenobite empire. I don't know. Yeah, it the buildings. Like, yeah. yeah, they flash forward to the building, and it's yeah. got the Cenobite designs all yeah, over. Yeah, they and double down so. on cube design. Right now, look. Here's the thing, and I'm uh-huh. going to say this without having seen the next Hellraiser movie in quite a while. Mm-hmm. I kind of like where this goes in okay. that movie. But we're I'm not talking about somewhere. that movie. It, it yeah. goes so, somewhere. Yeah, okay. It's can weird I, because can I, all... Can I guess? Well, hold on. <laughs> Ooh, all okay. four of these first movies uh-huh. are like direct sequels. Sure, sure. They, yeah. they... Each one starts with a lot of, last time on Hellraiser. Yeah, and it fits in. <laughs> like the pillar fits in from the end of the yeah, last yeah, one. Yeah. And even if that yeah. last beat doesn't make... Well, I take that back because the last beat of Hellraiser is retconned in Hellraiser 2. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. No Bone Dragon. Yeah. No Bone yeah, Dragon. no Bone Dragon. So um, anyway... That's uh, going to be the name of our side Hellraiser <laughs> podcast. No Bone Dragon. <laughs> I think that was an Aussie song. Where we're just going to talk about Hellraiser every no week for dragon. years. I think that's No Bone Movies. Oh, yeah. Is the name of that song. 
no bone movies. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh-huh. the song at the end of this <laughs> yeah. was co-written by Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> and <laughs> Lemmy Kilmister and performed in this movie by Motorhead. <laughs> yeah. But performed on Ozzy's No More Tears album, one of the greatest rock albums of all time, by Ozzy. And it's so bizarre to, to have these two <laughs> right. different versions. It, wah, it warps my brain. But, okay. So that's what's been yep. going on. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I think we all have very different feelings about this. And I don't know where to begin. But I'm going to start with Tuna. Whoa. Tuna, I... what was your relationship with Hellraiser 3, Hell uh, on Earth. Well, so here's the main note that I wrote down. I'll read it word for word. What a 90s ass movie. <laughs> it is a very 90s it's ass movie. my relationship. I felt the exact same way about this that I did about Hellraiser 2. Sorry, Hellbound colon Thank Hellraiser you. 2. But I'm glad they fixed that for this one because it is Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. It is. You gotta uh, keep the colon in the right place. Right, yeah. yeah. That's what a good doctor will tell you. But it's yeah. just like everything about it. It's not like, like I came into this with two as my low point and I'm like, okay, well, it can't get worse than this. And it <laughs> didn't. It just felt like like a like a ship of Theseus kind of thing where they took out a bunch of these bad parts out of Hellraiser 2 and then just replaced them with equally bad parts, but they're American instead of British this time. Like, it's literally set in New York Right, now. yeah. Like it's, it's like, oh, okay. Like, you remember how British that weird, like, everything was weird that time? Like, okay, now it's like that, only they're in New York. Like, cool. It's still, like, the same, like, not great acting. I definitely miss Kirsty. I, she soon, has a cameo. That's yeah. oh, as soon that's Very like one of the little. first credits that pops up. Yeah. It's like oh, a special appearance by, and I'm like, is, is anything in this a special appearance? Like, <laughs> I don't she know. gets to be on a monitor. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't think this is going to be as big as this title card implies, yeah. and it was not. Also, it's just like useless. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't really it, learn anything there. No, no, everything. Yeah, every, I just feel the exact same way about this movie that I did about the last one, except I'm slightly more dead inside this time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Sarah. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, geez. (laughs) Uh, So the thing that bugs me the most about this movie is it, it says it's not going to follow its own rules. I appreciate that it admits that because a lot of times sequels will just be like, oh, you know those rules that we established in previous films? Ha 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 ha. Those don't mean anything anymore. Hashtag Highlander. <laughs> um, well, I've heard, yeah. Um, this film says, like, oh, th- it's different. And they're like, I, I mean, I guess it's because... Pinhead was killed in the previous movie that he split into two people and so now the just evil version of him can do all sorts of crap that Cenobites couldn't do and is completely against all the like lore of why they exist which I think was the interesting thing about them now he's just a completely divorced from his previous reality just a dude who can kill people with magic and it's like this isn't the same thing anymore and then also in the other movies it's like people become Cenobites because they want stuff and the feelings and in this you become Cenobites because you're like in the wrong place at the the wrong time and it just flipping happens to you I will say that happened to the doctor in Hellraiser 2 
He no, just kinda gets no, shot. wanted that. He, he wanted, wanted it so bad. Because he spent the whole... He, he just, reanimated Julia. He like had a whole group of crazy people in a basement. He was okay. collecting cubes. He but, wanted but that. But did we learn that about the rest of the Cenobites? That they well, wanted something? We know that people went after the cube because they were searching for ultimate pleasure, pain, yeah. etc. Okay. And so it is... I think it's directly with with Pinhead, we know that that's why he got it. And then with Dr. Chenard, um, the other Cenobites, I think it's in it's like, comic books and stuff, have oh, okay. their backstories that yeah. they're more that sort of they were going after the cube kind of things. Okay. Yeah, it but, felt more like really heavily implied than outright stated, which is now that I'm saying that out loud, is like, wow, that's remarkable restraint that is <laughs> not present in a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but these Cenobites, they're just like, oh, innocent bystanders, suddenly you got some stupid crap coming out of your head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I want to hold that note because I want to talk all about the Cenobites Uh, in a minute here because um, we all have feelings. Are you good? (laughs) Sure, yeah. That's a start start anyway. Yeah. All right, Matt. I love this movie. Okay. (laughs) What? This is my favorite Hellraiser movie. Who are you? I've seen three. Oh man! <laughs> You've heard how I felt about the other ones. I do feel feel like the more the more we talk about this, and the more I know you in general, <laughs> it's like the things that I like and the things that you like. It's not a Venn diagram. It's two circles no, yeah, that are and everything not you touching. Were, everything you were just saying about why you dislike this movie, I'm like, that's the reason I like it. Like, abandon that lore. The lore was dumb. It uh. didn't work. <laughs> like, uh. like, please get me away from the lore because even you had two movies to get it right and. It's it still didn't make sense to me. So, so they just went, around, oh, fuck it. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what you should do because, like, uh, it, otherwise, it's, and I'm sure it will in later movies, it's just going to get more and more convoluted with trying to add to this lore of what can and can't happen. Um, but no, yeah, I felt like this, parts of this, like, are obviously it feels like a sequel, but a lot of things weirdly felt like it was... A, re- a reboot or like a sequel 15 years later mm. in the way mm. that like this is the like the way it was structured is kind of how those movies do that now where it's like okay we haven't made a Hellraiser movie in 20 years what do we do for a new Hellraiser okay we'll open it with somebody who doesn't know anything but they find like a, a videotape they find some documents all this stuff and they learn mm. about the past a lightsaber <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> they like learn about the past through these things but not directly interacting with the characters from the movie mm-hmm. and I like that a lot and it felt like a weird reboot for me somebody who like didn't love the first two films like especially the first one and liked the second one I think because I liked it more than the first one. But, like looking back and comparing it to I this, liked it because I liked it more than the first. Yeah, one. Yeah, like <laughs> because the first one was so bad, I liked the first one because it wasn't quite as bad. This one, I felt like I actually enjoyed, huh? Rather than just enjoying it because it wasn't as bad. Um, this to me felt like uh, what I kind of was hoping for when we started watching the Hellraiser movies. This is, and I think part of that is because I don't watch a lot of horror movies, number Mm -hmm. one. Two, the ones that I have watched all of and have enjoyed is the Nightmare on Elm Street series, which I feel Mm. like this is pushing Pinhead Oh, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, Yeah. they're pushing Pinhead more towards a Freddy, Yeah, which I'm like, cool, I love those movies. (laughs) Please give me Freddy Pinhead. Something familiar. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I think 
Uh, it felt just perfectly 90s to me. Like, it's very clearly of the era. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, CDs yeah. were a new thing. <laughs> like, pretty much. Like, not, not, yeah, I mean, not brand new. No, but, but new enough that it's like, that's how, that's how you listen to music. Yes. Uh, I guess it'd be like throwing an iPhone at somebody now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Throwing digitalness at them. Yeah, yeah. Just throwing bits and bytes. Um, oh, bits and bytes. That'd be a good name for a... Uh, for a Cenobite. Cenobite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'd be a really good name for a Cenobite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I think, it's, I think it's great. I love it. All right. Um, I have... Uh, I really like the first half of this movie. I really do. I, 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 as a low budget, sure. like even like made for Showtime or something, made for HBO style horror film mm-hmm. or an episode of Tales from the Crypt or something like that. Like I really, I like it. It also helps that uh, Terry Farrell, who I grew up watching on Star Trek Deep Space Nine and uh, in Becker uh, when I was in college. I also really like Paula Marshall, who plays uh, Terry. In this, like mm-hmm. I, I, so I like both of them, and I think Terry's acting job in it is really good. And then I like the mystery. I like, um, you know, the, the mystery of revealing the cube and not knowing what it is, and like that. Those are all the things that I find interesting about Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. I start to check out once they bring Pinhead back, and mm-hmm. they I checked yeah. out for a few reasons. One, I don't like them turning him into Freddy Krueger because he's not. Yeah, he is a right. different character. If I wanted Freddy Krueger, I'd be watching Nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> yeah. So right. I don't need yeah, to see that. Sure. If, I wanna, if I want Michael Myers, I'm going to watch a Halloween movie. If yeah. I want Jason Voorhees, and I like how those are all separate. So it was weird to me that they had him doing wisecracks and and all the cinema, Cinebites were doing wisecracks. Like, the thing, one of the things that I like about the first Hellraiser is how threatening all of the Cenobites are. Yeah, yeah. it gets into more like cosmic horror, sort of yeah. the unknowable yeah. things. They could yeah. be doing anything, but they have their own rules, and they may not tell you what those are. You may not understand them. Yeah, but for and sure, that's my shit. Yeah. yeah, and so once that happened, once he awakened and he was doing a, you know, he turned into ice and killed that woman by stabbing her in the mouth. That's my favorite part. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, just at the, like, that was, like, one of those, like, I laughed out loud moments at yeah. how ridiculous that was. Because not only does he rise out of a glass of ice or whatever, his face appears oh, in glorious 1992 3D. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then turns into an ice dagger and then shoots at her. I'm like, there's so many layers to that. Like, there are other people that you just, like, burned alive. I'm like, but here's the thing. I don't like any of that stuff. Yeah. I don't like the Cenobites. We're going to talk about them. But I, <laughs> I don't like any of that. But here's what I will say. I will defend a movie that just goes off the fucking rails and is at least crazy and weird. And I feel like this movie does that. Like, especially once they're out walking the town and fucking sure. CDs are shooting out of the guy's mouth and there's the camera in his eye and like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's so over the top that I can at least watch it with a dumb look on my face and be like, yeah, this is crazy. And <laughs> and I kind of enjoy that. I don't think it fits. And I don't think it's it's good storytelling, but I was entertained, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. But I think those are the exact reasons that. I didn't like any of that That's because totally it's like, fair. it's, I mean, it's something that I fight against when I'm doing cinematography or sound design where it's like, oh, am I doing this just because I think it's cool or because it adds something to the story? Right. And this was just like 
story who gives a shit i want to see a cd in a dude's face and it's like yeah i, I get see... that but i would like it better if you had like you know like more I... more substance to it i agree i think it would be better yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah i'm not saying it's good I, right I, and this is this thing that i you know i want to talk about more and more is the idea of like okay i don't like it but is it bad now i think this is bad but i liked mm-hmm. it Okay. Like, yeah. Like sure. I, I enjoyed it. I watched I can it. Get and I'm like totally on board. Like with that. this is stupid, and it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But at least you had the decency to not be boring. <laughs> right. This the end of this movie is not boring. No, to me. that's true. It's, Stuff is just happening. It's just it happening. Just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. And and so that you know I appreciate that. Yeah. Like that. And it's. I think the biggest cardinal sin of a filmmaker, of a storyteller, but of a filmmaker is to just be boring like mm-hmm. do something and so yeah we'll see how that goes yeah. with the remainder of these films but yeah, yeah. Totally. i mean i guess i just yeah i'm i'm on board with that i think we just have different parts that we find yes. boring because to me the fact that there is no substance behind it is what makes it boring so if you're not worried about that like if that if you're still right. excited by the theatricality of like a dude's camera eye punching a hole in a dude's head then, well, yeah. and it's not, you know, it's even weirder than that for me, I think, because I was bored. Like, there's a lot of action happening in Terminator Genesis. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of action. This is a movie we talked about in the last right. episode. Yeah. A lot of action. I was bored through the whole thing because mm-hmm. I just didn't care. Sure. Yeah. That's like the end. When I saw Avatar, like the end of that movie, I was just like, oh my gosh, is it still happening? I don't care about anyone, and it's all yeah. just digital noise. And it's just like and... making me angry with how stupid it is. And, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so for me, a lot of it, it's like I got enjoyment out of going, who thought that up? <laughs> who thought that was a good idea? Who did the previs for that? Like who, right. you know, at what point were these stupid decisions being yeah. made? At what point did they say we need to turn him into Freddy Krueger? Like at yeah. what point? And, and yeah, so yeah. it's probably not the moment the... when Hellraiser 2 probably didn't do great at the box office. <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah, but, true. Yeah. Yeah. But Freddy Krueger films continued to yeah, do fine. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's really my take on it. Like it's... I, I think the first half is interesting, and I, I, I yeah, genuinely get... It has potential. Some, yes, yeah. I, th- that's, I think, Sarah, yeah. that's the best way I could put yeah. it. It has potential. Yeah. I think it's a good cast, and I, I like the overall look of it, too, even though mm-hmm. we watched it in terrible 4x3. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. We were surprised. Ooh, we put that in, and it was like, oh, is this the <laughs> I took it scam? out and was like, do I flip it over? Because like, it says on the, it says on the yeah. widescreen presentation on it's, the back of the DVD case. All of them except that one. Oh, yeah. weird. Oh, it doesn't say it there either? I thought no, it no, no, no. All one. of them are widescreen right. except that one. <laughs> but even that one on the back of the case says widescreen presentation oh, and so it just someone messed wasn't. it up somebody wasn't didn't but look I like at opened the... it I was like okay is, yeah. there, is there another disc do I <laughs> need to oh, flip so, this over so the people Where? who made the the DVD with six different later Hellraiser sequels <laughs> on two discs well, also, didn't double check whether everything was correctly two discs that correctly. look different from each other much like the Highlander set you had yeah. and then also when I put it in it started playing number four <laughs> like I put in the luckily well, I that's checked weird. Like oh, I man. put in the disc and like it just started playing immediately, which yeah. is a, a lovely feature of my new uh, disc player that I just recently bought, <laughs> uh, which is normally fine. 
But on this one, it started playing. When you have multiple movies, it's not yes. good. Yes. And yeah. so luckily I checked. I like went, I was like, oh, let's go back to the menu to make sure I'm doing the right thing. And it yeah. was like, oh no, that was the other, that was starting Hellraiser 4. The, so luckily I went back I would have been so stoked if right? you watched the entire oh, role. You came in so and talked about it. Oh, and we yeah. were all like, no, that's not. Missed. <laughs> I, start, I start doing the plot synopsis and you guys and, like, uh. There's enough of them movie. that could yeah. happen. Oh, it could. Yeah. yeah. I would say that the first part, this disc is the most confusing. There's yeah. uh, later on it gets a little bit easier, but that, the, yeah, anyway, there's four <laughs> movies on the same the disc, two now. on each side. Yeah, <laughs> but I like that everything's kind of got a red tinge to it, and I don't know. There's something about it that I'm like, I like watching this. It's it's yeah, fun. it's not Unlike, a bad looking film, yeah. especially when you compare it to Hellraiser Two, which oh, yeah. is one of the ugliest films I've ever seen. Yeah, like, it's just a gross looking film. Oh, I definitely had to yeah. like stop and think, like, okay, is this a Stockholm thing? Am I like really kind of <laughs> into the cinematography on this because it's decent? or because I'm just like going mad. And that's the thing. I think it's decent. It's yeah. not okay. like amazing. I, yeah. I think a large part of my problem too, like looking back on like why I like this more than Hellraiser 2 is because Hellraiser 2 was so much just set in that hell world that did mm. not look like much. No, it, it looked like yeah. one hallway and a matte yeah. painting. Right. Um, and so to this, like for this to have like a bunch of weird sets in it, I was like, oh, this is some like not great production design, but interesting production design where like one it starts off in a weird like back alley art gallery yeah where, like i don't know what's happening but it feels very gremlins i was <laughs> so into that opening scene yeah. it's a really good opening scene well it's really bizarre because like we don't know who this douchey guy is yet right but he's buying the pillar from an art gallery yeah. and we're like yeah. oh shit and the pillar looks way cooler in this movie it does it yeah like uh, At the end of the last movie, it just had shit nailed to it. Well, right. and that's like anytime we've seen a version of the Pillar of Souls in the previous films, it's literally just like something spinning with baby yeah. dolls nailed to it yeah. or something. Right. And this is like a really cool sculpted yeah. thing that like the CGI doesn't hold the up that they do around it. But. I, I was a little sad that it uh, it was a sculpture and wasn't like flesh nailed to a thing because that's mm. how it is at the ends of the other stuff which I understand yeah. why some random dude wouldn't buy flesh nailed to <laughs> yeah. nailed to yeah. a thing but I was like wait is this a thing or is it a cast of the thing see or, that's or, yeah that yeah. is some confusion I had where I was like that seems like I'm not gonna go back and check that it's from the last film but I yeah. think that thing might have been yeah. in the last film I think they want you to just not think about it right. I think yeah. they want you to that, remember yeah, that there was a be pillar the tag that's line. the tagline yeah. for the entire franchise yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't think don't think about it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Guys, again, don't think about it. Again, I don't think it'll ever get as bad as the Highlander version of Don't Think About It, oh, where they like no. just ignore an entire movie existed. <laughs> but like I again, this is my favorite Hellraiser one, essentially. Whoa. Like I wish <laughs> this was the first movie in the oh. series. And I wish the things she's reading and finding out about are the first times we're hearing and finding out about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, opposed... see that would be interesting. Yeah. Because like I so disliked the first movie that I wish I could sort of erase it from existence. Oh, really? Um, wow. I just, not from existence that nobody can see it. I mean more so from my brain. Right. Like, like that, We all have that wish that we could like, what if I could just watch Star Wars again for the first yeah. time? This is the opposite. I want to yeah. erase it and not rewatch yeah. it. I want to erase one and two and just watch three for the first time, not knowing the other stuff was any part of like it because it does feel so much like a reset to me it introduced this reporter as like here's your main character here's a protagonist that Mm -hmm. is not really directly like involved with what's happening she's not to blame for what's happening really like there's like dumb decisions that everyone has to make in a horror film that she makes but 
still. I she's like, likable. She's likable. Sure. She's mm-hmm. got a really clear personality and clear ideas of what she wants. Well, and mm-hmm. the main reason, the, the thing that foils her is him uh, pretending to be her dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, like this is, she's talked about this since the beginning of the movie that like she has these bad dreams mm-hmm. about her dad who died in Vietnam. Uh, and it's like, okay, yeah, there's a payoff for that. I right. appreciate that she has like a character arc and yeah, the ending is weird where she leaves it in the wet cement because why is there just wet cement at a construction site? <laughs> at like four in the morning. I think that stuff sets yeah. pretty quickly. I was going to say, it was, it's, <laughs> yeah, it definitely doesn't, like it hardens up a little bit. Like yeah. you'd have to like push yeah, it this down. this was like fresh and, cement. Yeah. Like, like port, 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 quick, go, <laughs> no, shove the Cuban right, there. Right. Yeah. I guess like, it could have been a night crew. But there, Maybe, was, but there wasn't there anybody was when she showed up to the construction yeah. Yeah. Like, There would have been no people signs. like, what are you putting in there? Get out of <laughs> yeah. here. Oh, it's because cement had the Cenobite was pouring cement oh, during that cement. whole last yeah. thing. <laughs> Let's talk about the Cenobites. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. So dumb. <laughs> well, I, two, of them, two of them I'm okay with. Okay. The girl, because she wanted it. She wanted to be, like, she wanted dreams. And she was like, <laughs> yeah, Pinhead, let's do this. I don't think she understood the gravity of it, but I bet probably most people who say, uh, yeah, I'll hellbound whatevs, uh, don't understand exactly what that entails. Um, and then the club owner dude, I think he, you know, he was feeding people to the tower. I think he, like, kind he signed signed up for that a bit the rest of them though yeah. why they're just random dudes they're just they're random just right yeah yeah, yeah. But who who are the most memorable characters out of this film of completely unmemorable characters that like i mean oh, fair, the, the guy with the woes yeah pretty nice he's a <laughs> right, nice yeah, man. yeah yeah he's, he's nice which is nice, like normal dude and yeah. then he got now he's camera face or whatever camera head oh right. geez Okay, I think well, he's uh, my favorite character. I think in the film, oh, not Doc? the camerahead Cenobite, but Doc. No, Doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because Doc he leads chill. to my favorite story point, where it's like where she gets tricked into going to the club. Like mm-hmm. that was my favorite moment of like, oh, I get it. Because there was stuff on <laughs> her TV that wasn't right. plugged in. Her TV tells her to go down to this club because there's like yeah. a, the mass murder there, and then she goes down there and nothing is. There's no yeah. news. Thing and it's but, also bonkers that he can control her TV, but he didn't just go to her apartment to grab the cube. <laughs> like, I mean, how does it work? Well, he can't just grab it; he has to be given it. Sure, but he didn't like show up like candy grab and you know? <laughs> <laughs> candy grab, <got> cubes. <laughs> I'm just, a, I'm just a dolphin, ma'am. <laughs> the well, okay. I want to talk about the original Cenobites in Hellraiser One, mm-hmm. which Classic. I thought visually, I thought they were visually really cool. Yeah, like uh, you had Butterball, which you know um, would represent sort of uh, gluttony. You know, and that's where his pleasure comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have the chatterer that's more about the pain and the barbed wire all over himself. And um, wasn't he a child though? Well, I don't, that's Hellraiser <laughs> two, Matt. <Yeah. laughs> it's Hellraiser two. I'm just saying, if we're gonna cast stones at the third movie, we also need to cast some the children are the... terrible. They have you are. Never I met mean, children. I feel like we cast some pretty big stones on the second movie in yeah. regards to the Cenobites, also. Yeah, but but just as they're presented in the sure. first one, like sure, sure. the the. Yeah. The big thing I liked about all of them was the design. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, I also like the mythology and this, yeah. this sort of weird, like, what are they? That's yeah. really cool. But I also like the design. Like, they yeah. look interesting mm-hmm. and they look threatening and they mm-hmm. look fucked up yeah. in ways that, like, 
and it, it all sort of makes sense. Like she's got her throat cut open and she's playing with her. Oh her yeah, throat. it looks like she has a vagina. Yeah, in her right. and yeah. that's and again, it's this mixing of pain and pleasure mm-hmm. um, that's interesting and weird, and and uh, I and yeah. and that was really cool. And then in this one, it's it's weird. It's more like they're just like, "Wow, well, what do you like? You like cameras? You're gonna get camera head. We, yeah, you're, totally. you happen to, you may not even like music, yeah. but you're a DJ, so your CDs yeah, in your it, face. I mean, it's not like <laughs> that's uh, a great name for him because his name is just CD. But CDs in your face is much better. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, because it's not like uh, Doug Bradley's character. We find out that he was really into nails. Right. He's a carpenter. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Uh, and just as a side, when we when you're talking about doing things just because they look cool, uh, wasted potential, they had the when she and Dream Bradley are hanging out, uh, they're walking through uh foxholes in World War trenches. One trenches. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was right, by the way. <laughs> Yes. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it's just showing destruction and all this stuff, but it's just because it looks cool. We're not finding out anything about him. Right. It's not like he's going through and stealing people's valuables or like forcing people over the hill because he thinks it's great they're getting murdered. It's just set dressing. Yeah. Uh, it seems like that would have been a moment to like go into why was he such an evil dude into pain in all these weird ways? But mm-hmm. no, they were just dropping that. Yeah. Like he seems like, oh, he was a nice regular guy who somehow became pinhead. It's like, no, he was obviously some sadist and right. terrible dude. Yeah, because yeah, nah. everybody so far, like the doctor, not a nice guy. No. He was like, had people in his basement. Yeah. Frank, kind of an a-hole. Yeah, like, Julia. <laughs> It's, Julia is a murderer, right? Yeah, for sure. It's and like, yeah, and yeah. well, and even beyond the designs, I feel like, especially in Pinhead, just the fact that they were so expressive, the Cenobites this time, mm. just completely ruined the effect of them. Not just mm. in terms of like, I mean, it's it's that turning them into Freddy Krueger thing again, yeah. but like Pinhead looked dumb as shit. I felt like because when his face is very like stoic and still it's like he's got these nails in there and you even see him pull out like a really long nail from his head but as soon as he starts doing like giant like facial expressions it's like oh those are just stuck to his skin yeah. like you lose yeah. that effect of like here are these like long jagged pieces yeah. and there's you know there's going to be some of that like right around his mouth where it's like okay yeah they're not going all the way back through but like his entire face like it works so much better when it's still cuz you're like oh it's pinned there yeah and it it's an interesting thing too because as you say when he's more stoic and quiet there is something much more vaguely threatening yeah, yeah. it's much more monstrous and, yeah, unknowable odd. And, yeah. And, and like yeah. uh like an uncanny valley kind of thing that like you look yes. like a person mm-hmm. but really you're something else in person skin yeah, yeah. And, and so but then in here we have piston head i think is his name yeah so the the club owner simple machine was my better better name. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think real machine yeah, is that it. one. Like yeah. it makes like some of these are at least slightly attached to personality or thematic. Um, yeah, but they're mostly just how did you die? Cool. Yeah. Here you now you're that because yeah, that one right. they just shoved the pistons into his head and yeah. that killed him. Yeah, and then yeah. when he became a Cenobite, it was just like he they just left those in and were like, yeah, he's done. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, totally. no, no, no. Make that guy like like a weird art centipede. Give him some pistoned or, arms yeah, or something know, totally. at least. Or just like, like penises. Lots of penises all over yeah. it. Yeah. That was <laughs> one thing that I really liked about the original one. It was not afraid of peni. I know. <laughs> right. Yeah, they really dropped the like S&M yeah. sexual part of it. See, I think yeah. I think this one did it better than the other ones. As far as like laying out the clear pleasure pain idea, I feel like the first one said pleasure and pain, but didn't show that at all. Hmm. Like I feel like this, the yeah, first one told that. us that it was about pleasure and pain, but, but never, really you only saw the pain. Yeah, yeah, we saw like one sex scene. Yeah, and like we were we saw some naked pictures, and we were supposed to be like, I guess that guy was into pleasure, which is why he's dead now. Yeah, and so that didn't make that much sense to me. But like having like the sex scene in the room with the pillar and Pinhead like talking to JP about that stuff, which I was like, has oh. one of my favorite shots in the whole movie. Which one? <laughs> It's so it's like he's up and he's like naked above the oh, woman on the bed. when he's smoking and when he is uh, climaxing. Uh, I that's a ridiculous... think it might be. Well, it's like this weird shot where he's on the left side of the frame looking off. Yeah, he is having the, sex and at then, that point. Yeah, yeah. And in the background is the pillar, but it's a tilt shift shot. Mm-hmm. So the pillar is entirely in focus and he sort of like drifts in and out of focus as he moves. And mm. it's just like... This weird, like that tilt shift effect gives you such this weird off-putting thing because the pillar is the only thing that's always in focus. Yeah. It's weird because it's, so it's a split diopter. Yeah, my and favorite thing in I Yes, yeah. Matt and I agree on this. <laughs> I, I absolutely hate it. Here it didn't bother me because that's supposed to look weird. Mm-hmm. And so I, my brain is like, that's fine. Um, I'm okay with that. What I don't like is like you'll be in the middle of a drama and you'll have a split oh. diopter, and you'll see the, that weird focal plane in yeah. the middle that's out of focus, and you're like, what is happening? Films that, right. films that do it well, I think Scorsese has used it well in some films where, but he uses it like there's a doorway or something. There's a sure. line where he can split yeah, it on, yeah. and so it's not as bad. But there's some <laughs> films, that, yeah, that just do it in the middle of a shot, and you're just like, this looks like garbage. Yeah, there's one in Jackie <laughs> yeah. Brown, which is a film I like, but in Jackie Brown where I'm just like, whoa, split diopter. Yeah. But in here, See, it didn't bother me. Yeah, well, that's, that's why it's my favorite shot is because it <laughs> felt like it was... It felt like it wasn't there just because it was cool. Yeah. It felt like it was there for a reason. It had a purpose. It was serving the story. Well, yeah, and like, like that scene, even though it is like a gratuitous sex scene, is important <laughs> to that idea of the pleasure right. and pain and that like... It that shot like alone makes you realize like oh the pillar is watching mm-hmm. like before that we don't get any real indication that the pillar is alive yeah, or anything's anything. moving yeah. but like that shot alone because I think that's even before we see Pinhead's face on it like that's just the still pillar I think well yeah. when he first gets it it's upside down and we see Pinhead's face but it's a little bit like out of focus or something okay and then. It's in that sequence, mm. I think, where we see him. And then when he climaxes, Pinhead's eyes open. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I, mean, I think that was like drawing that very clear line. And that's the most ridiculous shot, too. It's like the wide shot of the room when he climaxes, yeah. as we keep unfortunately saying. <laughs> um, but he like extends his arms out and so like this weird. like champion's pose yeah. of just like I did it <laughs> and he's Witness smoking a cigarette it's, so, um, it's also it's so weird that he's smoking the whole time I mean she would have gotten ash all that's over that's what I was thinking yeah, yeah. I was being yeah. like hey man well, what also, a jerk. I was like this is a very weird sex scene that's going on for too long and in one weird position and I, I read it was like the actress didn't want to be topless so that's, that's why, why he's his just hands grabbing her so boobs much. the entire time I thought it was because they were like oh they would have gotten an NC-17 so no. they had to like keep the nipples 
she covered. didn't want to be topless in the movies. Oh, so they were okay. just like, okay, you just, know what? Good hold her boob, just hold her boobs the whole time. I almost feel like that's weirder. <laughs> it looks well, super weird yeah, in the film. Yeah, like the weird. third time they cut back to it, I'm like, just you're just grabbing those, huh? <laughs> yeah, just, right. It is really gently. Well, it's uh, one of those things that... Um, I, I don't I, I agree like it seemed more graphic to me because he was holding on to her that way yeah mm-hmm. than just seeing her nude but I also respect her decision to right, you know, yeah. not want to be topless I mean, Jesus Christ mm-hmm. but it reminds me of like the Hitchcock thing in the shower where they t- where like the the more he cut it down the more disturbing it got <laughs> in yeah. psycho uh, like yeah. it because it's not often what you see it's what your brain does with it yeah. it's right. just a, a weird thing um why are we talking about that scene? Oh, this is a split diopter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, well, it started from the pleasure and pain idea. And that mm-hmm. scene is the like the most crucial one to like kind of sell that idea because that's when Pinhead starts talking to him when he goes, Jesus Christ. He's like, not quite. Um, <laughs> that's the extent of wisecracking I want from Pinhead, I think. But um, yeah. I would argue that I, I don't think that's true. Yeah, there's pleasure. But I'm still not seeing the mix of pleasure and pain, of pe- pleasure and pain, in a sadomasochistic way. No, and that's the thing. At least with the outfits and the way that they were dressed and the makeup yeah. they had in the first one, they, it alluded to that in some mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and you can. I feel like you can also tell that they wanted to do so much more the first movie, and it just got censored, and they couldn't. Yeah, but they're still like having the knife and everything. You know, like that's the intent. Where this was just. Some douchebag is having a one night stand with some lady. It's not it's not the same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it could have like again, you could have pushed that further. Not that I really want to see this, but like mm-hmm. you could have pushed that further with his enjoyment of other people's pain. He could have been a Christian Grey. Yeah. Very easily. Yeah, I feel like maybe the club could have been an S&M club. Yeah. Like, that, was my, that club was so weird, though. It was, well, it's, it was my, hopping, though. My favorite Gosh, thing. it's a popular club. <laughs> there's so many rooms in oh, that yeah. club. It's and also everything's a restaurant. Every, the, yeah, there's like a really fancy restaurant over like yeah. a dance club next to like a skeezy looking bar. And it was so much quieter in the restaurant. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. And then there's like oh. a little violin. Well, my favorite thing is she, like the news reporter goes to the bar. He's just like, I'm looking for a pretty girl. Oh, yeah. And talk to him. What? You know what pretty girl he's talking about? Well, like the, the the other guy that she talks to when she's she says something like oh, she got brown hair this this this, and like, this does not help me no like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is exactly like, that's a real response yes, yes. but it yes. came immediately after the other guy who's like go talk to him and yeah. I'm like wait you know this pretty girl based on the words <laughs> pretty girl um, it also didn't help me that uh, Terry is her name right the characters yeah that, it's Terry and she, Joey Joey's the looks, main character for most of the movie looks nothing like she does in the hospital scene. There are two things oh. that happen there. I thought she, I mean, well, she has her like hair way over her face and everything sure. in the hospital scene. So I didn't realize it was the same girl oh. for a uh, while. Well, and this is interesting because um, I've seen this one three times, <laughs> not the <laughs> sure. amount of times I've seen the second one, which yeah. is funny because I like this one more. But I knew it was her. But at the end, when they reveal Cenobite her, I legitimately mm. went, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I did the same thing. I thought it was the one from the first and second movies. I was like, 
oh, she came back because she even has like the neck open, yeah. except now there's a cigarette. Yeah, in it. a cigarette. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh so okay. So lazy. It's lazy. Right. Yeah. Lazy. Yeah, lazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, pull yeah. the old costume out of props. Like, let's get yeah, this going. It's like, oh, it looks a lot like the old one. Put a cigarette in there. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about who did the designs on like the first movie versus this movie. Wouldn't it all be Clive Barker, probably? I mean, he is a painter. I don't yeah. know. I-, I bet that he did a lot of the. I would be very surprised if he did this designs for the third oh not yeah. the third one yeah that's no, no, no. yeah yeah but like it definitely seemed like it wasn't someone who had a coherent vision and right. wanted to say certain things it was just like i don't know what'll look cool i guess i guess yeah. I, I think they were just like well how do we make her a centibite i don't know <laughs> she liked to smoke yeah. You know, right. I, I think that was and the she's thing. Like, I mean, her whole thing was like dreams and stuff. So why don't we see her exposed brain like the the one in the next movie, right? Oh, is, yeah, the, yeah. My totally. favorite. My, it's my favorite Cenobite actually is in Aww. the next movie. Uh, just the look, the, <laughs> the design sure. I think is really cool. I don't know. Yeah. Chatterer is pretty cool. But, yeah, like, pretty cool. but my thing is I'm wondering if like there are people that like when you change their hair – for some reason, mm-hmm. I sure. don't recognize That's them. That's how spies get away with this. Yeah, there's a lot of things. I think, like, makeup has a lot for it, too. Like, she, her character had, like, very heavy, like, eye makeup yeah. as well and, like, this long, dark hair. And so then when you, like, remove that sort of, like, normal eye makeup, like, and the hair and, like, put her in that outfit, you're like, That's not that could easily not be the same person. Right. And her mannerisms have changed. Yeah. Because she was, the the whole movie, she's very nervous and fidgety and like, you know, that's, and again, that's why I say Paula Marshall did a really good job because like she sold that character and then at the end she's supposed to be sort of slinky and, and, and evil and it's, I, there's, I just, I legitimately, until they, cut to Joey who looks at her and goes oh Terry I was like oh yeah (laughs) it's Terry well and I think this is uh, one thing that's interesting about Cenobites in general but I think is kind of consistent across the movies is like their sense of agency of like can they talk do they have thoughts are they just following Pinhead what do they do because I think you get a lot of that in the the first couple where the the female Cenobite seems pretty like on par with Pinhead Mm -hmm. as far as like Mm-hmm. discussion and yeah. thinking yeah. and then just Butterball and Chatter are just like kind of mindless machines they, they seem more like the muscle behind things right. than the brain. and I feel like that's kind of what they did in here but they chose the wrong people <laughs> the wrong order because they like yeah. they gave yeah. JP a ton of lines when he was a Cenobite which makes it very clear which one is JP because he just yeah, says all of his so douchey weird. things again yeah. but it like and his acting really tanked once he was in the Cenobite makeup, I thought. <laughs> it's got to be uncomfortable, maybe. Oh, yeah. Like, when you're I, already, yeah. like, an okay actor, when they shove, like, 20 pounds of makeup on top of your head, you're like, <laughs> oh, right. I gotta act like this now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it was, like, don't choose Doc, either. Like, yeah. he's probably the worst looking of the new Cenobites, I think, as far as, like, yeah. looking half-assed of just shoving yeah. a camera on the side of his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... I, this was a character that I liked in the movie. I liked Doc. Yeah. And so then to... He's like legitimately a nice person. Which yeah. I was so afraid he wasn't yeah. going to be. Oh, of course. Yes. There were definitely moments where I was like, why is this dude rushing out to give her her mail? Like, wouldn't you just set it on her desk? But he's like so eager and yeah, like... Yeah, but then like there's never a moment of him being yeah. Like, yeah. Like, creepy or anything. So I'm like, oh, you're just a good co-worker. Right. Good yeah. job, well, dude. he's yeah. really pulling for her too. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. You know? Yeah. And uh, I get that. Like, I can imagine working with someone and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to go give them yeah, a mail because, like, I'm, it's my friend. Yeah, and, you know, right. yeah I can Reporting see Reporting is hard. But, like, that oh, should be – <laughs> that shouldn't – like, I don't know. Like, his reveal as a Cenobite 
I feel like shouldn't just be, oh my God, I'm scared of him, but like there should be a little bit more heartbreak to it. Sure. Oh, that's a good um, point. Yeah. We like, get that with Terry, but not with Doc. Yeah. 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 Like I think yeah. there's like a moment where she's like, Doc? But then like he immediately like stabs a dude in the forehead with Wait, his camera head. Doesn't yeah. she find his severed head? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because well, he's, yeah. he's been grow like a new head. yanked off or whatever. Yeah. And a camera has been put there and he's holding his actual head. Yeah. Yeah. I and don't, then, and I don't think he's... Cenobites are like a one to one. Yeah. It's they take their, their body physical... and turn it into the Cenobite. Except when they did in the yeah, second in the one. Yeah, the second one. Yeah. Well, but it was also like, I think. But Leo... they were in hell, so rules don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, also, like, I think you guys you had yeah, that was uh, an thing. issue with Hellraiser 2 where they revealed that there used to be humans underneath. Oh, yeah, I hate yeah, that in English. Which is yeah. right. not great. So I think, like, but that's not too dissimilar from this, I, I feel. Like, it's revealing that, like, there were humans who were turned into these Cenobites. And, like, we don't know. Maybe that one dude chattered his teeth a lot. Like, <laughs> no, right. maybe that's what, if yeah. we had seen his precursor in the like, movie, we'd just been like, ah, I'm nervous. <laughs> it's like, well, now you're a chattering Cenobite. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, we're going to call you... Chatterer. Chatterer. Yeah. It's like this other guy died eating a turkey or something. So <laughs> that kid just kept forgetting his sweatshirt when he went outside and it was real cold. <laughs> um, but Always I saying, like, wear your sweaters. I think that's why that didn't, I guess it didn't like ping for me as much of like these humans turning into the Cenobites didn't seem like an issue because I felt like they kind of established that that could happen with Hellraiser 2. Um, and I understand the idea that like character design, yes. The earlier Cenobites are way creepier looking and are handled in a much scarier way. Mm -hmm. But, like, it didn't feel too removed for me to start adding Cenobites to the mix. Well, to me, it feels the main problem I have with them is they don't feel thought out beyond, oh, they were, you know, he had a camera earlier in the film, so let's, like make his thing a camera well, like it yeah. feels like it should be some sort of ironic twist on like oh he was like selfish or like something related to that and yeah. now that's his comeuppance kind yeah, of thing yeah we should have found out like, he was a peeping tom or well, something but i think and right. then, like yeah that's so now he's got cameras for eyes <laughs> i think that's one of those things where they share it's one of those like they gave us too much like they chose to make the cenobites out of characters we've spent a whole movie mm-hmm. with as opposed to like we benefit from not knowing the backstory. Like we, we just exactly. joked about the chatterer. Like yeah. that easily could be the backstory of the chatterer, but we don't know. Right. So they keep that like mystery, yeah. and we don't have to learn it mm-hmm. because they make the Cenobites out of the people we know. We have a backstory that we disagree with, and we that we yeah. decide well, of like, oh, this should have been more well thought out. When in actuality, it might have more thought into it than even. Chatterer Butterball had, which was just a character design and no thought. I, I don't know if that's what, how it went down, but I can see, believe a world where Hellraiser 1 was just drawing really cool demons and oh, going, yeah. he's Butterball, he's got no eyes and teeth, he's Chatterer. Sure. Whereas mm-hmm. this was them maybe overthinking it and saying like, okay, well, we want to bring back the bartender, we want to bring back the DJ, <laughs> we want to bring back uh, these guys, but as like evil versions of themselves. How will we do that? And so I'm not saying it's a good decision, yeah. but I think it is a case of overthinking. Maybe. Well, and I wonder how much of it was a conscious decision or not, not a conscious, but how much of it was really plotted out to say, OK, we're going to go different than what we've done before. Mm-hmm. Or was it a complete misunderstanding? Like, that's yeah. where I'm I, I don't know. Like, like what, they didn't watch the second movie or the first one. Like, <laughs> so I, the first yeah, one. I go with option three, which is they just didn't care. Yeah. They that, were like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, whoever. Yeah, like, scary demons. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like, Put some scary demons in there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Totally. 
anything else anyone wants to hit before we get on to how uh, we would fix it? Uh, I man, the one of the main things for me was like I just could feel that they weren't doing the little things. Like that's why I don't want to give them credit for like, oh, this was a decision to go in a different direction. Because everything sure. like granted we're not watching it in the theater. But it was super clear to me that they did not do a home video mix on this. It was still the theatrical mix because the dynamic range was huge. Oh, it was terrible. It was, it was ridiculous. You don't – and like even little stuff like there's the scene where she's watching her Betamax tape that she got in the mail mm-hmm. on the – and just the sound design for that scene sucks. <laughs> Because you cut into, like, she's watching a screen, and sometimes you cut to the screen, and there's static going on, but when you cut away, like, the static never changes its sound. At no point do they make it like, oh, now that we're just seeing the screen in the shot, we make that static sound like it's going to come out of it. Like, it's just a tiny little bit of EQ (laughs) that you have to put on that, but they (laughs) just didn't bother. It's like all those little things where it's like, how do we build this world? How do we, like polish this and it just never felt like anybody cared enough to go that far with it they were like oh we got cds shooting a dude's face i'm happy like eh, whatever sound eh." (laughs) yeah Eh. it felt i would say it feels a little don't care i'm gonna say a little bit of that (laughs) and rushed yeah, like, oh, we got to have yeah. some demons and just put some shit on them. That's true. Mm-hmm. I you would know. accept rushed as like, yeah. well, you know, we could work a little more on that scene or we could just be done because we got to work on other stuff. I, but even the yeah. effects, all like some of the stop motion stuff was horrendous. It looked awful. There was stop motion? That like when the like the the stat or the the column like changing like there were they were oh, super quick shots. All the column yeah. effects were very bad, especially yeah. the skinless lady being eaten by it. Oh god, yeah. which was just like a feathered mask of her <laughs> being dragged <laughs> right. off screen. Yeah, it's like Ooh, I think that's weird. one of the reasons because I now that we're talking about it, I do feel like this is a better film than the second one. Mm. But I think I'm still not on board because I feel like the '80s jank covers up mistakes like that better than <laughs> 90s jank does yeah like have, 90s jank emphasizes there's it. really bad stop motion in the second one and a little bit in the first one i think too uh but the second one for I'm sure okay has like with the stop motion the doctor's the hands one. yeah well but i'm yeah. saying like it's this it's that sort of like peewee's playhouse beetlejuice stop motion <laughs> that lived in the 80s and was very yeah. much very prevalent in the 80s but yeah, you try to bring that into like 92, 93 or something like that. People are going to start being like, oh, that hasn't caught right. up yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, it's so much harder to make a convincing like photoshopped picture if you're working in a giant resolution because then you can see every little detail. But as soon as you t- toss a bunch of JPEG artifacts on that, mm. it's like, oh, wow, that like <laughs> uh, that. Uh, what do they call them? Crypt, crypt uh, monsters that don't exist. Oh, like cryptid. Mothman. Cryptid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you see that picture of a cryptid, it works so much better if it's a low-res, shitty camera phone picture than, you know, it's like that Loch Ness photo. Yeah. That doesn't work if you can see that it's just like a submarine (laughs) with a hat hat taped on it or whatever. Side story, now that uh, everyone has a very good camera in their pocket. I was just going to say this. We've proved that all those things don't exist <laughs> yeah, now. Right. There would be or good photos. They're really good at destroying camera photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of complaints at the Apple store. You know, well, yeah. Bigfoot, I'm telling you. He what looked a- cross eyed at it and it exploded. <laughs> one, I think a good example of one of my favorite moments in the film that makes no sense and also is like, oh, we needed a solution for a problem here right. is during the big uh, last, like, 
street scene where she's just like walking and everything's exploding and yeah. there's CDs <laughs> yeah. being thrown into that. Yeah. A random dude is just walking through the middle of this. <laughs> I, I do feel like I did see. And yeah. he like walks up to her and goes like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. dude, <laughs> everything is exploding around yeah. you. I've and there's never demons. seen people so bored when explosions are going yeah, on. But he's like so checking weird. on her like, are you okay? But like not in a like, oh my God, get down. Are you okay? He's just like, oh, hey, like you're walking alone. Are you okay? And she's like, no. And then she, he gets cameraed in the head. It reminds yeah. me of uh, near the spoilers for American Psycho. <laughs> um, it reminds me near the end of American Psycho you start to question how much of it is in his head oh yeah because he's like I think he he shoots a car with a gun and the whole car explodes and he looks at the gun <laughs> yeah. and and so there's a lot of that going on and then he talks to a lawyer and he's like you know I, I told you uh, you know I killed what's his name and then he's like I just saw him. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. and I thought that was starting to happen here, but the movie's not that smart. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He'd be like, are you okay? And he's like, no- nothing's exploding. Yeah. 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 Although Nick, I will say that's also a good tagline for this whole series. <laughs> the movie's just not that smart. <laughs> Going with that expectation. Yeah. You might enjoy it more. Uh, right. Sarah, you had uh, something you wanted to talk about. Uh Oh, I was just like, in general on these films, I, I feel like it's, this is such just wasted potential from the other ones. Like the first one, I want the sequel to be like a sexual body horror Cronenberg nightmare. It's not that. Then from the second one, I would want a third one to be just like nightmare labyrinth. We're going to go back there. Things are going to be worse this time. It'll be gloopy and crazy and ah, but nope, that's not (laughs) what happened either. Forget about that stuff. And then now we're here. What do yeah. you want from the fourth one? Oh, You're not are, we gonna get, <laughs> are we going to get into fixes or just like ideas about what the fourth one should be right now? I can't wait to tell you what the fourth one's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what should the fourth one like, be? Like, what do you want it to be? Like, Or do you even anymore? Or are you just sort of like, <laughs> ah, I'm, I'm done? Well, I know it exists. I can't unmake it. True. <laughs> um, no matter how hard see. I try. Let's see. In the fourth one, it would be nice if they went back to at least second movie rules. They're not going back to first movie rules. I know. Um... Second movie rules so that you have to get the box and you have to want it and then you can like, oh no, you <laughs> let the Cenobites in. Uh, I assume it'll be a lady protagonist ends up with the box because some jerk she knows mm-hmm. got the box somehow. It would be fun if they got it from an antique store and, you know, sought it out. But now the movies aren't trying to make that sense anymore. So they'll probably, oh, wait, no, it's the whole building, dude. The, the like. Oh, yeah, the, the building is a Oh, okay, <laughs> so fourth one, because last one, the evil was youth culture and clubbing and stuff. So the next one, it's like uh, a little too late Reaganite fears of, like, corporations. So now Hellraiser, the Cenobites are embedded in this corporate structure <laughs> and so the people with the box are uh, these uh, capitalist nightmare folks who are seeking it in order to obtain its power to control the market. But with and a special then... set of sunglasses you can see their real personalities. <laughs> yes. and, oh. uh, and then they open the box hoping that it will give them uh, the 
you know, the riches of Midas, etc. But instead, Hellraiser time happens. I have such <laughs> spreadsheets to show line. you. Hellraiser 4, Hellraiser time happens. Yeah. That's such a good idea. That's the fourth one, right? Yeah, no. Right? What if I right? told you? <laughs> it all takes place on a blimp. Wait, it's Nick, well, if you tell us, does that mean we don't have to watch it? said well after I said the word blimp. It's an interior design firm that's really into it, and that's why that building looked that way. <laughs> tell us good news, Nick. Who wants to know? I mean, I want to know a little. Uh, yeah, okay. I, mm. I'll tell you just a little. Oh, man, now okay. I want my movie. <laughs> I actually want that movie yeah. as well. That's a really good... I, anytime uh, you can make fun of late yeah. capitalist Reaganites. Well, I it ends with the big old building in New York City covered in the box. That seems like where it should be going. Mm. What if I told you <laughs> that at least half of the next movie mm. takes place okay. in a dream in space? <laughs> what? Oh. Yes, dude. Oh, what? This is Leprechaun in space yeah. all over again. Yeah. Okay, board. now we're getting to know the does off it, the rails enough it, that I'm on board. Does it I happen hope. in space like they're all in a shuttle, like small, small, or is it in space like the year is twenty one twenty seven, and we're in a huge giant spaceship? I'm not gonna say anything oh, else, dang. but oh, I man. will say Adam Scott is in it. Yep, Adam Scott's in it. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, what Thanks. year did you guess? By the way. Uh, 2127. <laughs> That's the exact year this movie takes place. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Holy crap! I'm in the zeitgeist! <laughs> oh man, I guessed so hard what the wow. it should be. I think you guessed so hard that it changed around. the text on my computer. It changed reality. Uh, yes. I like, scrolled down and I was like, wait, no, scroll again. <laughs> Double, oh, yes, those are the numbers she Good. said. Good, yes, all right. Centerwites are real. We have proved it here. Oh. Sarah runs the Matrix. Whoa. Oh, Good. Wow. I, I, can't I hope that just proves that I, in the future, I can time travel and I'm very petty. <laughs> we'll make this oh, right. Oh, man. Um, anyway, I can't wait for y'all to see it. Yeah, yeah me neither. Um, so, all right, it's time to move on to how we would fix this. Um, mine is pretty simple. I would, I, I like I said, I like the first half of this movie, and I think I would continue on that with the mystery being the main thing of what it is. Um, and even though I was entertained <laughs> by going off the rails with all of these weird Cenobites and everything, I would still try to draw it back to this pleasure and pain Um mix and it not being like just whatever you died with that's your you know I, I think that <laughs> right. there's a lot of I think there are a lot of different um, ways that you could take that and I don't you know I, I don't like the idea of Pinhead being Fred Krueger like mm-hmm. I, I just that the wisecracking Pinhead just doesn't make sense to me yeah. and so it was so disappointing because there was like the one part that I liked where he's like standing in front of the altar and he puts his arms oh, out and tilts so his cool. head and weird and it's like for this one moment, he's yeah. this weird, unknowable, fearsome thing. And then he just starts cackling like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like almost so cool until he started laughing. Yeah. So, Tuna, how would so. you f- fix Hellraiser 3? Uh, I mean, Hell on Earth. First, I would have the writers take a class on like what exactly subtext is. Because mm. I feel like I hated a lot of the acting in this, but I feel like a lot of it was due to 
the writing being so bad. There were points where it was like, oh, cool. Let's just say how I'm feeling. That's how writing works. Don't imply anything. Don't show. Just tell it. And I hated that. So aside from that, my other two, (laughs) like once you have the writers who know how to do subtext, then you like either make this a non-Hellraiser movie, like so that these creatures can just live in like that weird like oh camera guy got a camera head like live in that without having the baggage of how Cenobites are attached to that or make it like an offshoot kind of thing like it's not Pinhead get a different puzzle box or something and it's oh here's a different Cenobite who operates differently than Pinhead does who has a different cabal than the pinhead does like what you know it's one of my favorite parts of uh, cabin in the woods is where they have the sphere oh, yeah instead of the cube right yeah. something like that where it's like oh, okay like here's hints of that but now it doesn't matter that this character has totally turned into something that he was not over the past two movies right yeah. it's a different character and also uh last one more armored saint because they were pretty great mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> look my youth, okay? That's, <laughs> oh man, I was so, I wish we had spent more time with them. Sarah, how yeah. would you fix this? Uh, I would, so I think a lot of the beginning of the movie, if you were, you could keep that, but then uh, when he brings back Pinhead, it's that the other Cenobites from the movie that were killed in the second movie are also in that tower. And so when Pinhead kills all of the people in the club mm. that goes into the tower and brings them all out and you get all oh. of the Cenobites from the previous movie and maybe Julia we could bring Julia back I'm fan of Julia mm. and you know she gets to be like handmaiden in hell and come out and then these like very scary serious Cenobites are after everybody and it like Maybe it took the whole club to reanimate all of them out of this tower, and that's why that happened sort of indiscriminately. That would have been so much better. <laughs> what the? Why did they not do that? I'm because upset that they didn't do that. It was, it's right they there. All the people in the club for no reason, uh. <laughs> just because killing people in the club was cool. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. Fifty Cent song. <laughs> Um, no, because yeah. then you could stop it like midway, mm. and then instead of it being like the third act, you have like mid second act climax being uh, Pinhead gets free, and then yeah. he starts feeding people to bring, but you don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then in the third act is when everybody comes out, and then it's like, oh fuck, now yeah. we're in trouble. Yeah, because <laughs> now they're not now none of them are bound to their human side, which is what um, Doug Bradley is talking about. Like the mm-hmm. the reason that. Pinhead is a problem now is because he's no longer has the human side yeah. to bind him. Doesn't make much sense. But no, <laughs> right. I would drop that. Okay, I, fine, I yeah. would drop <laughs> the Doug Bradley dream man, all that jazz. And so they're just, they're them again as they were. And then uh, the lady, maybe, uh, I hadn't thought this far into it. <laughs> uh, so they kill all the people in the club and then it's radio silence about what happened there. She's a reporter. She knows something is up, but for some reason the club is closed. And her girlfriend or whatever, like, she's missing. And so she goes to the club and she discovers that, like, 
the people are dead. And then that's how the Cenobites find out about her and that she has the box. And then she has to like, what box? She finds it back at her apartment and she tries to figure it out. And that definitely calls them to her. And then she's got to, I don't know if she would go to the hell dimension or what, but then it's a her versus Cenobites trying to figure out what on earth have I gotten myself into. And, uh, and her ability is research. She is yeah. going to figure oh, this shit yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, she'd be like a better version of the lady from Highlander. She knows <laughs> shit about swords. Yes. And can just randomly help things. Yes. And she's like, I know about that one specific sword. <laughs> but you have somebody who actually specifically plays into their strengths. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to change yeah. part of my fix from like <laughs> educating those writers and just like, can them get Sarah to write yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. That's that's. I've written so many new Hellraiser <laughs> films just so far. I know. Yeah. <laughs> just ask. We're each gonna write eight Hellraiser films by the end of this. <laughs> I know. I know. Excellent. Well, Matt. I mean, I kind of like that idea too. But also, <laughs> like, Clive, call us up. <laughs> when you're talking about that, like, I like the idea of having him like go to the murder club scene, mm-hmm. but I, like having the other Cenobites try to rein him in. Like, they're tied to that lore, mm. and he's, like, gone off the rails a bit. Oh, so he's the only one who's, like, been pulled out of it? Yeah. Uh, like, like an Agent Smith kind of deal. Like a Cenobite versus Cenobite kind mm-hmm. of battle that humans are caught in the middle of. Oh, that would be fucking yeah. frightening. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, because you have, like, the lady becomes the new uh, Cenobite leader sure. in Pithead's absence. Ooh. And yeah. she has got the original, the OG Cenobites, yeah. fighting against Pinhead and his new 90s mm-hmm. Cenobites yeah. um, to try and bring him back to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is eventually, he's essentially the Frank yeah. in this one yeah. who has mm-hmm. like, escaped. Mm-hmm. Um, this is fascinating. I mean, I got yeah. that from, like, that's mostly like sure. that's 90% yeah, yeah, Sarah's yeah. idea. Yeah. No, I, I, like, I, this whole yeah, sure. discussion yeah. is just like, yeah. this is yeah. My original fix, it was just like, it's fine. <laughs> like I, I think Nick when you were talking about the sex scene specifically of like comparing it to Psycho uh, which sounds like you gave it way, way more praise than you did oh no I'm not praising that sex <laughs> yeah. scene I'm but, just saying the thing of like sometimes covering something up and it, it's true like in burlesque and everything like yeah. sure. that you know you don't cover you cover things up and it becomes more sensual and more sexually exciting that way than just you know, look at the shark in Jaws. Yeah, yeah exactly. Look how sexy <laughs> yeah. that shark is! Exactly. So sexy. <laughs> but along those lines, of I think uh, cutting this film a bit more and not leaving as much on the screen hmm. would mm-hmm. help sort of add yeah. to some of the mystery and the horror aspect of like, yeah, did I laugh out loud at the ice dagger? Yes. Does it make <laughs> the murder more silly? Yes. Yeah. If you cut that out and just have yeah. him like walk down the stairs, say, shall we begin? And then we don't see that club again until yeah, she walks in totally. and everyone's lying there dead. 100%. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Chains that's... come out of the wall. You hear yeah. that happen and screams. Yeah, that's yeah. way more terrifying. Yeah. So, yeah. like, there's editing that could be done to make this a scarier film. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, like, what's there on the page. You could do so much. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things of, again, overthinking, rewrites. Yeah. They just kept adding more and more and more that they didn't really need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm really into the Cenobite versus Cenobite idea. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't too. know that we ever get that in the Hellraiser universe. But I really like that idea of having to bring a Cenobite back. So That's fair. Yeah. Did we ever get another? Well, in the last film, we did get Cenobite versus Cenobite. We did. Yeah. I want a better Gennard version of that. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I would agree. I don't want that... weird, like, yeah. doctor arms yeah, fighting. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That happening in a hell dimension is different than happening on Earth. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. Like and that, this was supposed to be hell on Earth, but 
Yeah. yeah it was really just some yeah. dumb looking yeah. Cenobites. Be a, like, yeah. Hell on Earth would be a so much better yeah. name for the version I just created. <laughs> yeah. Of like, hell is fighting itself and we are caught in the middle. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. I like th- where this went because yeah. that's a much scarier idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and chopping stuff out. I really like that because that yeah, wily totally. coyote thing where the cube spins oh, and then drops. Like, if you just got rid of all those moments. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is another one of those films that, like, if I had all the unlimited free time in the world, another one of those that like, I'd like to have an editing session yeah, with and just sit yeah. down and try to trim some stuff out to see if I could make like a really tight, like, <laughs> I mean, this would probably be like 60 minutes by the time I could yeah. cut stuff out, <laughs> but be a decent, short, long film. Right. Yeah. Made for Put TV, in a couple of like I said. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. We well, go. and that's the thing. Like, I um, every once in a while when I'm watching a bad movie, sometimes I'll just like, could I please color correct this? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I did that. I took, there's this movie called Psychotronic Man. From, I don't know, 1970, whatever. And it was shot on, I don't know, it looks like bad 16 or good 8 millimeter. Like, it's sure. really, it's it's no good. But I'm like, a lot of it is like, this doesn't look like it was color timed. And it's shown with an open mat, which is something about this. I wasn't mm. sure if this was yeah. a pan and scan or if we were mm. watching the open mat. I think we were watching the open mat because I saw a couple boom shadows. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think it was the open mat too because I did not notice any pan and scan. Yeah, yeah. which I I will say, okay. <laughs> if you're gonna, <laughs> at least it's not pan and scan. Nothing right, felt right. too close, like at uh, all. So yeah. mm-hmm. anyway, but uh, the psychotronic man. Pr- to be fair though, this probably wasn't a film that was really using that wide, you know, to the, all no. the best of their abilities. Like <laughs> no. really like, filling that frame in an interesting oh, way. This just reminds me of like, the not. one compositional thing I absolutely hate in this movie. <laughs> that was like such a weird red herring of like, okay, that's gotta be important because it's there. It's always there. And it's the fucking vase of roses in JP's <laughs> oh, no. sex room. It's it's on a pillar between his sex bed and the pillar of his souls. Sex bed. So in every single shot where they're trying uh-huh. to show him yeah. having sex in the bed with the pillar like looking over, there is like an out of focus vase of roses <laughs> in between, <laughs> and it's just there constantly. So I was like, okay, someone's gonna smash it. Someone's gonna like they're gonna throw it across the room or something. It no. never comes into no. play, but it's the most prominent giant vase of roses I've ever seen. It's so annoying. Yeah, but now, yeah, yeah, as part of my re-edit, I'll crop it down to sixteen by nine. Yeah, or maybe the uh, two thirty-five by one. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> just be eyeballs. Yeah, would be the whole yeah. thing. But no, in the Psychotronic Man, I thought it was interesting. I, I took it into Premiere and I just started playing around in Lumetri Color yeah. um, to oh, yeah. just you know tweak some things, and I was like, this movie looks better now. <laughs> and then I slapped a sixteen-nine frame on it. Oh yeah, and. All of a sudden, <laughs> it was like, oh, this looks like a real movie now sure. because they had some camera moves that when you when you do these really wide camera moves, like it's a tracking shot where it's on a steady cam or it wasn't a steady cam, but like on a dolly through this really long hallway, it has to be so wide that you're also if you're in a box frame, it's you know the top and bottom are really wide too for no real reason. Mm. You put that sixteen nine on it, all of a sudden, all of the points start converging in the right places, mm. and this shot becomes really good. <laughs> and it just sort of blew my mind that like you know it's like oh I wonder if they had this vision and just mm. never finished it because it's such sure. a crappy low budget movie. I feel like I've heard of that happening on low budget movies where they shoot it. 
wanting to oh, mat yeah. it and then just never do. And it's like, yeah. Oh, I would be horrified if I did something like that. Well, because you shoot. I mean, that um, uh, there's a great video online, which I, I should share with everybody. Yeah. Um, I'll share it on the Patreon and I'll make sure you guys all get it because I think it's really important. Um, when I say what it is, you're going to go, it's an idiot, you know, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I think it's really an an interesting thing to look at is the failed remaster of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series. So Fox, before they were bought by Disney, did a absolutely disgraceful, uh, remaster of all seven seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy was shot in, in widescreen because it was shot on Panavision cameras but it was always intended to be four by three. Sure. Always. It was always intended to be that mm-hmm. way. So when they they do a lot of bad things with color and with everything else, but one of the things they have a problem with is they've, they've released it in widescreen, sometimes cropping things out, but other times there are shots where it's just like, there's the crew, oh, and there's the second camera. Yeah, and I'm like, what, what are you doing? And why? Yeah, they did the same thing with uh, Malcolm in the Middle. It was like what? Uh, like really early on when Netflix like was streaming was starting uh-huh. to be a thing. They were getting TV series dumped yeah. on there, and they got Malcolm in the Middle sixteen by nine. That was also supposed to be four by three only. Oh, and there's weird. the funniest ones are not only some crew stuff, but stand-ins for like some of the brothers. <laughs> oh, like <laughs> it's a shot where they show the brothers, and she's like, "That's a different kid." Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Because he's out of frame, but he's supposed to be there as like a stand-in for the shot. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's just a different actor. I got to go find that. That was one of the most fascinating things I ever, like, that's what finally got me to sign up for Twitter was somebody a long time ago posted a thing where they're like, this is why the Star Trek The Next Generation remasters are not in widescreen. Yeah, those are in 4.3. They're in 4.3 because there's lights all over the sides of the set, like just out of frame. Yeah. like, And they had pictures and they're like, this is what it looks like there. This is what the raw frame looks like like you no, don't you want cannot, this yeah. yeah absolutely and it uh the other thing was uh, it, it, going along with what matt said is like you in doing edits a lot of times the timing would be off mm-hmm. so what you would do is just shift a frame over to tighten things up so you could adr a character saying sure. a line much sooner mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. once you've put in that put that back into 16 by nine. Now you've got a character on screen Mm. whose mouth is not moving and their line is happening. (laughs) So it's like, and it's weird because Joss Whedon and the, the cinematographer and everyone says, no, this is meant for four by three. What are you doing? And so this guy's whole video is brilliant. It's really good. It talks a lot about color grading and digital denoising oh, and man. Yeah, all of the horrible stuff. Send us that. But see, like X Files is a film or is a show that they went back and meticulously redid for HD. Opened up the frame, but if there were any problems, they painted stuff out. Oh, nice! And it looks. Oh, I mean, it looks nice. so good. You, you mean really the man hoping... censored all the real things in the background? <laughs> all the, the real aliens. <laughs> now you have me really hoping that uh, Disney Plus, as we're recording this, just recently announced all the things that they're doing, and they're going to have all of the seasons of The Simpsons on Disney Plus. And I hope they handle it better than FX did, because FX was like a big deal. Like they put all the seasons of The Simpsons streaming on their website, but many of them were cropped to 16 by 9 because oh, HD is cool and they weren't even HD like transfers of the original things oh, it's just like weird. here's it's cropped to 16 by 9 because that's what you guys like on your monitors oh, no. and some of them you had the option of like 
uncropping it, oh, but yeah. not all of them. Uh, it's just weird. It's uh, um, I'm hoping the the whole point of this video too is they're cleaning. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was like, what is happening out there? Yeah, it's the vacuum. The whole point of this video is he, him making a plea to Disney, who now owns Buffy, um, mm-hmm. to be like, please, Buffy is one of the most important television shows in all of television history. Please do a proper remaster. And that's his, that's his point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, the X-Files did it. It's also an important show. Right. The Next Generation did it. It's in 4 by 3 It's, you know, like, and... It's just amazing. How we got on the subject, I don't quite know, but that was... I think we were talking about the edit and uh, how it feels like it may have been shot for 16 by 9 but was not presented to that way. Yeah. So, so anyway, now it's time to move on to how we would each rate, rate this. Each one of us has our own rating system. Mine is which Star Wars movie is it? This is going to be Revenge of the Sith because there's stuff I like in Revenge of the Sith. There's some really good special effects and a neat opening shot. At, at least that. And Ewan McGregor is quite charming in it. Um, and Ian McDiarmid is also very, very good in it. Uh, but really, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's also a big pile of shit. Um, so I feel like they're equally weighted for me. Matt, okay. what is your uh, rating system? My rating system is which Batman movie is it? Uh <laughs> And I felt weird because, like, I gave the last one Batman Returns, which I feel like I gave that away too early. Because <laughs> <laughs> Batman Returns, I still really, I really like enjoy, and so I feel like, without repeating myself, like this one would probably have gotten that. So I'm gonna lean more towards a Batman movie that I still enjoy, but I hear the complaints. I understand <laughs> that it is not a good one, and I also think it breaks rules from previous Batman films that bug me. So this one is Batman Forever. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, what is your rating system? Uh, my rating system is Jazz. Yes, it is. Uh, and this is this feels like a song that, in general, you kind of like. There is a fairly popular song, and then you're somewhere and hear the jazz cover of it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's it's that. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh no. Oh, I recognize that. Oh. This is not improve it. <laughs> Tuna, what's your rating system? Uh my rating system is what food it reminds me of. Uh this one is a box of cereal from the nineteen sixties called Pink Panther Flakes. <laughs> Wow, that can't be. But there's got to be something in that carcinogen. Yeah, well, so what happens is like, yeah, like a, it's old. So if you had one of those in 2019, like the cereal's not good, right? But if you dig to the bottom of that box of old ass cereal, there's a prize at the bottom. Uh. It's a five in one spy kit. It's got like it's got like a magnifying glass and a secret message decoder and a whistle. And that's how I feel about the Motorhead song at the end. Oh, <laughs> I dug through all this fucking shit of a movie, but I got my I got my secret decoder ring. You got We nice. forgot to mention too that they cast someone as Doc who looks like Lemmy. <laughs> He does have the stash. <laughs> he's got the stash. Yeah. He's got long yeah. hair. He's yeah, an yeah. older dude. Right. He's long like a blonde hair. Lemmy. Yeah. And he's an American <laughs> Lemmy. Lemmy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Blemmy. <laughs> yeah. And I kept Blemmy. wondering, like, was that on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's a killer song. Like, uh, and uh, I like Motorhead as well. Yeah. 
Motorhead was weird because they would do stuff occasionally that would be like, yeah, this is almost, this is bordering on thrash <laughs> and, and speed metal. But then they do something that's like, oh, this is a toe tapper. You yeah. Know? Like, this is kind oh, of a yeah. puppy. Right. Very weird oh, band. Oh, yeah. But... And Lemmy, you get, like, that voice, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move on to our final segment, which is uh, Real Good, where we recommend something to you that is hopefully going to get the taste of this out of your mouth, maybe similar, maybe different. I'm going to start, because I know nobody else is going with this one. Mm. Uh, this is a brand new horror film. Uh, it went straight to Amazon Prime, I think. Um, oh, no, it's not on Amazon Prime because I had to pay to rent it. But it's called The Wind. Hmm. And it is a it's a movie from this year, uh, a horror western uh, hybrid. And I don't think it's perfect, but I really liked it. I think it was really good, really moody, uh, great atmosphere, a couple of really good scares, which don't doesn't happen to me very often anymore. Like, even the scares, I'm like, oh, that was clever, you know, is, is most of what you'll get. But there were a couple times I was watching it when it, the, the, something would happen, and I'd go, huh. And it was very effective. So check it out. Uh, it's uh, written by a woman, directed by a woman, about a woman uh, oh, okay. living on the frontier. And it's really good, and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. Tuna, what's your real good? Uh, well, so I latched onto a couple of things from this movie, one being the music that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was the main character who's dead died in one of the great wars, and they spend a lot of the movie dealing with that. So my real good is Pink Floyd's The Wall. Ah, okay. I, I'm sure it's not the as much of a masterpiece as I thought when I was 19, <laughs> but you know what? I would sit down and watch it again, and even if it isn't that great, well, I mean, I know there's a couple of great sequences in it at sure. least, so... Well, and we also know the album is great. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if nothing else, you get good music to listen <laughs> to, which, much like Hellraiser 3, like, you know, at the end of the day, I'd buy the soundtrack. Get a Motorhead song. Yeah. Why not? Cool. Sarah? Uh, I was thinking about, like, yeah, Vietnam flashbacks and things, and I think on a previous one of these, I rec- recommended Jacob's Letter. So instead, House... Not ah. the not the Japanese film, although that is fantastic. <laughs> uh, the American film House, which is about a because does he inherit the house or does yeah, he just his, buy, uh, yeah his yeah his like family had lived there and great aunt died there um, yeah committed suicide yeah and then it was also the place where his son disappeared mm-hmm. and yes. so he inherits the house and the realtor's like oh we're gonna sell it and he's like no I think I'm gonna keep it. Yeah. Um, and then weird shit yeah. starts happening. Yeah, it's either monsters and ghosts and porters, portals to hell, or it's just flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It is. It, it I is really, good. really yeah, enjoy that a good movie. movie. Um, William Catt, who played Greatest American Hero, yeah. is in it, and he's also wonderful. George Went in a great role. Oh, nice. Interesting that George Went is in the first one and John Ratzenberger is in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, crazy. I haven't yeah. seen the second one. So the second yeah. one is, is a comedy. Okay, and it's an inten- oh, it's it's okay. it's intentionally a comedy. <laughs> sure. It's not it's not like oops, we made a comedy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To picture John Ratzenberger in anything that's not Pixar or Cheers. Yeah, like and he plays an electrician who comes and dis- who's trying to figure out what the problems they're having in sure. this house and discovers a, a portal to another dimension. And it is a great John Ratzenberg moment. Like, oh, well, what you got here is a portal to another dimension. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, man, good. I want to watch that now. It's right, really like right now. good. Yeah. If you want to borrow it, I can let you borrow it. It's, Ooh, I've, yeah. got, I, I've got the house double feature on DVD, mm-hmm. so you can totally I might, I might do that on a week I'm not on real bad. Yeah. I've never even heard of these movies. Uh, me yeah. neither, but house, I'm into it. If you ever went into a VHS... 
VHS rental store. House is the one where there's just a disembodied, like, creepy hand, like, poking the <laughs> doorbell. doorbell. Okay. Yes. No, the poster's iconic. I think yeah, I yeah, had yeah. that poster, like, so my parents owned, or my dad and brother owned a, a video store, and I always tried to smuggle posters out. Sure. Um, and the house was one that I really wanted. Like, yeah, that. Yeah. that is a cool yeah. poster. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I pulled it up. It yeah. says, ding dong, you're dead. Yep. <laughs> oh, that I remember. Uh, yes. Yeah, and uh, directed by a wonderful director. Oh, God, I can't remember anyone's names today. Uh, but he also directed some of the better Friday the 13th sequels, mm. and he directed a lot of uh, uh, Steve Miner. Uh, he directed a lot of psych episodes. So, oh, um, nice. Yeah, he's, he's really quite good. So, Matt, what's your real good? Uh, I did not go for the horror or the Vietnam aspect of any of those. I went for the newscaster aspect (laughs) of the film and was like, what does this film make me feel like I want to watch? Or what does it feel like? I I had such a reaction to the feeling of Hellraiser 3 of like it, just that era of film. Uh Like I feel like I watched, like that was a very formative time of like movie watching for me. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, what does this feel like to me? What is it reminding me of? Uh, Okay, newscaster. Oh, 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, I did not pick that for my real good because I thought you would. Yes, and I did. But that is like I immediately started watching that as soon as I finished this oh, because nice. it like it feels like it's shot in the same sets yeah. a lot of the time. Like the lighting and just the way the movie looks a lot of the time feels very similar. Obviously. Turtles has a bigger budget and yeah, some right. way better costumes and like <laughs> yeah. uh, a little bit, a little bit. It also holds up a bit more of like the sure. the as far as like the aging of it. Um, but yeah, it that for me was like what jumped in my head immediately was like okay, a newscaster who gets brought into a situation that she did not expect um, nice. and just like caught up in this thing and trying to solve a bigger mystery. Boom, turtles. That is exactly what I thought about, too. I'm so glad this was your real yes. good. Oh, man. Even down to, like, the shredder from that movie terrified me in oh, the way yeah. that they want Pinhead to terrify me oh, in yeah. this movie. But Shredder did it. Oh, I The first thing you get of him is in silhouette. Yeah. And he just, like, is watching April on the news. And he, like, turns. He's like, get her. Or something like that. Oh, and you're yeah. just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> or he says something like, bring her to me. Or something like along those lines. And you're just like, this is a creepy dude. Oh, man. Was it the first one or the second one where he gets like crushed in the trash compactor? Ooh, that's a good question. I can't that's remember. Nice. But that that yeah. is the reason I did not grow up to be a garbage man. Because I wanted to, but I was so terrified of garbage <laughs> trucks after watching that happen to Shredder. <laughs> Turtles Ooh. crushed your Cautionary garbage man Yeah, dude. Yeah. I gotta tell you, like, there are a lot of things that I thought as a child would be much more imminently dangerous to me as an adult. <laughs> like gangs of ninjas? No. <laughs> Quicksand? Quicksand. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Trash compactors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toxic waste. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's um, a lot of ooze yeah. in the 90s. Leeches. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of these things, like, I just for some reason latched yeah. on to them. Bottomless pits. Mm. Ooh, yeah. You know, so, but but trash compactors and getting crushed. Like, when I was a kid and I'd see that in the back of a dump truck, I'd be like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. We had, like, a small one in my kitchen, like, when I was oh. a little kid. Oh, wow. It didn't work very well. It was from, like, the 60s or yeah. something. Sure. But, like, it took me years before I was comfortable being near it when sure. nobody else was in the room. Because well, it, it squished you. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Well, I was small, so yeah. I would, like, 
fit in there. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, well, thank you guys for joining me on this. Uh, well, we're we're oh, not one, even halfway through. <laughs> we got one more till we're halfway, but uh, <laughs> I uh, uh, appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Sarah, where can people find you? Oh, uh, I work for SciShow. Indeed. Doing editing, video making, etc. And I'm occasionally on Don't Close Your Eyes Live Radio Theater. Cool. Yeah. Tuna, where can people find you? Uh, I work on another podcast called SciShow Tangents. Uh, I did all the music for that, and I'm happy about that. I'm on Twitter as TunaLoons, and then I've got a band, Soviet Fourth Grader. You can just go to SovietFourthGrader.com. Sweet. Matt, you also have a podcast. I have a podcast called I Love It, uh, where I talk to my friends about the things they love and why they love them. Uh, the most recent episode when you're hearing this will be with Trace Dominguez. Uh, he's talking about his love of pizza. Uh, you can find everything you need to know about the podcast at iloveitpodcast.com. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> everybody loves pizza. <laughs> and everybody should love your podcast because it's Boom. real good. Oh. Ooh, that was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I paid him to say that. <laughs> some, some nice segue magic. Yeah. And you can find us on at RealBadPod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you would like to kick in a dollar or two and help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash RealBadPod and check out any of the tiers that you would like to contribute to. Or, you know, this is always going to be free, so you can just do that as well. A real big thanks to Black Duck Studios, I Love It Podcast, Candace, Sarah Caroline, and Anna Moss for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much. Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go to cageclub.me and check out podcasts like Why Aren't We? with Dr. Island Addington, where she seeks out folks who have a way to cope, and they picture a world where we are just a little better off. Join us next week for more painful movies, but until then, this has been Real Bad. Real Bad.